Welcome to Dad Up, the podcast show for dads about dads being dads. I'm your host, Brian Ward. Thank you for listening. If you're new to the show, I hope you enjoy listening. Please make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. My guest today on Dad Up is Sean Donahue. He is a family coach, speaker, and founder of Parenting Modern Teens. He specializes in working with parents and their teens to help them reconnect. Over the last 20 years, Sean has led countless coaching sessions. He has mentored teen celebrities, YouTube stars, CEOs, business owners, and college athletes. More importantly, Sean has helped thousands of young men and women become mature, kind, responsible, loving adults, many of whom now have become parents themselves. I am certain you will enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Be ready to take notes. He will provide valuable insight to help you become a better parent. Please welcome family coach Sean Donahue to Dad Up. Thank you, Sean, for joining me on Dad Up today. I appreciate it. Yeah, Brian, thanks for having me. Good to be here. Good. Well, why don't we do this uh, for people that don't know much about you? Why don't you um, tell me a little bit about your backstory, a little bit about yourself, your, um, uh, your family life, uh, how many kids okay. you have, all that kind of stuff. All right, man. Yeah. So I'm uh, 41 years old. I live in Northern California. I've got three daughters, 15 and 10 and three. And uh, I love sports, craft beer, barbecuing. Uh, my team is Seattle Seahawks and uh, Oakland A's. Golden State Warriors, <laughs> and I have a unique business. I call myself a family coach. I family started coach. A, a family coaching firm about five years ago, and it's grown, and now it's called Parenting Modern Teens. That's a little bit about me. All right. So what made you get into that? So, Brad, do you remember that, uh, do you remember that old TV show by the chance? It was called The Super Nanny. Yeah. Did, did, did you ever watch it? Like, how, how old are you? I am 40, uh, excuse me. Yeah, 47. Okay, yeah. So, okay. So, it was on, it was really popular like 15 years ago. So, did you like really get into it or just like watch like an episode or two with like your wife or whatever? No, I think I saw quite a few episodes to be honest. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, like, so when that show came out, like I, I just, you know, we had just had our first daughter, Maddie, and, uh, you know, where I was like 25, 26. And, and so we're, we're, you know, we're like, our world is rocked because we got like a baby. And so we're watching a lot of TV and I see this, this lady, this English lady named Joe, and she's going to the people's houses and the kids are all acting, acting up, you know, they're all disrespectful, they're out of control. This is before the iPad days. So it's just like old school acting up, right? right? And just like messy and disobedient. And I was watching that show and I was working with teenagers at the time. I mean, I've, I've been working with young people for 20 years. And I said, gosh, that's a cool thing. Like this, that's a cool idea. Like going into a family home to connect with the kids, connect with the parents, and to kind of bring uh, peace and harmony and bring creativity to the parents and bring them new parenting tools and support. And I said, like, I'm going to do that. I'm gonna, I said that to my wife. Like, I'm going to do that one day. I'm going to become like a teen super nanny and that was 15 years ago wow on a do you do conferences and all that kind of stuff so yeah uh it started off like kind of um i had a traditional job you know i've, I've always worked in like nonprofits for camps or churches or different things all around young people and and parents and so when i started you know wanted to roll the dice and kind of like start like sean donahue family coaching is what it was called at the time it was super scary i mean i leaving like a traditional paycheck 
And, you know, I just spent, I spent that 15 years really studying parenting, studying the art of family, learning all about, you know, human connection and why do some dads act this way and why do some moms do this? Why do kids respond this way and that way? And so um, I started off, uh, yeah, just kind of like with a small set of clients. And then I started doing parent ed conferences, like at PTA meetings, you know, at middle schools, high schools. And, and then I, uh, I had like a speaking gig at Chevron Wolf headquarters. It was called Teens and Screen. What parents need to know about teen social media. And I had just like this whole line of parents lined up afterwards. You know, asking me questions and wanted to work with me, and and first it was like kind of scary because like when you go to a PTA meeting, like I've never been to a PTA meeting at your like local high school or middle school, Brian. Right. Yes, I have. Yeah. Like how many how many women are there compared to men? Right. It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot of Costco moms, you know, rolling up in their minivans, and. In the beginning, it was scary because, like, I'm just like you're kind of like in a lot of ways, man. I'm just like a traditional American guy. You know, mm-hmm. I wear I wear baseball hats and I wear flannels, and um, and I was like, this is I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be my normal self. I'm gonna be my normal, edgy, real dad self, and I've got a lot of value to share, a lot of wisdom, a lot of tools, and I'm just gonna bring it. And if they relate, cool. And if they don't, you know, whatever. And uh, and people just related to it. Cool. And so now, like, when I speak, it is a lot of women still. But now, like, there's a lot of men that kind of follow me and, and connect with me. And so I, I do do a lot of speaking and parent ed. And uh, it's just been cool. You know, I started an Instagram page, and it's just grown really fast and I get a lot of uh, it's like yeah my platform is really kind of growing how I'm serving and supporting moms and dads man so it's pretty cool awesome now how does that role play into you know you have uh, one teenager now uh, how does it, how does that role play into what you're doing uh, as a parent well I mean it uh, in, in, in one sense it's almost like all my all my work <laughs> like all my studies and all my work with working with kids for 20 years is now is all has all kind of led up to this point, right? Right. And so I get to use all these tools with my own tween, with my own kids. But um, yeah, just because like you're you're you know you're you might be a parent expert or you might be a family coach, it doesn't mean you don't make mistakes. It doesn't mean your kids don't roll their eyes and and uh, act like normal teens, you know. So right. yeah, I, I mean my home is is different because it's not like. Uh, you know, it's not like I, I have all the answers for all, all kids everywhere. So, like, I remember I was making, you know, I, I was laughing with my daughter, like, 15, uh, who's 15. She just turned 15. And we were cracking up because it was just a few days ago. She she was like, uh, our three-year-old was, like, acting out and yelling and things like that. And I, I didn't really know what to do, man. I was like, I, I was like, I was just, I wasn't, I didn't know what to do. It was, like, overwhelming. She was yelling and. She was acting this way, and I, I said to a 15 year old, and I said to my wife, like, I, I don't know what to do right now. What, what should I do? <laughs> and, and they're like, Well, aren't you the family coach? And I'm like, Yeah, man. Yes, I am. But like, I don't have all the answers right now. She's three. And like, what, what? And I was just like emotional, and I didn't want to react or you know act out. And so I I, I called in for support. I can <laughs> I, I pulled in uh, Paul Hogan style, man. I put my hand out there. They got some support from my wife. 
And so, yeah, there's, I mean, there's dynamics like that in my home. And, uh, but yeah, I don't have an office. So I actually drive my team and I, it's pretty cool. Just like the super nanny did, you know, kind of back in the day there, we drive around, um, driving from home to home, meeting with families in their home and the privacy of their homes. And sometimes it's at Starbucks or coffee shops, or we meet with teens while we're, you know, either at Starbucks or in their home or in their backyard or walking and hiking or shoot hoops or walking in the mall. And, um, yeah, it's like, a, uh, I love it, man. I love what I do. That's awesome. That is awesome. And do you work with, um, a lot of troubled teens or is it a wide range? Yeah, man. Look, wide range. I got lots of stories for you. I mean, I could fill up a lot of podcasts. Day in the life of me. I mean, I tell you some stories. Even like I'll just tell. You, I mean, I can just tell you stories from just the last two days. Oh wow! It'll probably capture a, a, a podcast audience. So yeah, about fifty percent of the teams we work with would be described as really defiant, out of control, drug using, um, angry, screen addiction, and about fifty percent or not. They're kind of just like your everyday kids from middle class, middle, upper class, or upper class homes, you know, that are really struggling with different topics from, you know, screens to motivation to communication to self-esteem to not opening up to, uh, you know, lack of self-control to anxiety or feelings or overwhelming and just different things like that. So really kind of like what I do, just like I could talk about all day, man. I'm so passionate about it. I'm going to let you hear my tone there. It's lighting up when I talk about it. Is one day soon, Brian. It'll probably take 20 years. So that's actually not true. It could take five. I always say like, I did an Instagram live on this recently. I think it could take five to 20 years. Every public school and private school, starting in elementary school, going all the way to senior year, is going to be teaching our kids emotional intelligence, EQ, emotional quotient, skill. Hmm. Okay, they're going to take out a whole bunch of really stupid subjects that we don't need anymore, that really no one uses. They're going to put in really important things like conflict management. Like how to speak up your parents in a respectful way. Like how mm-hmm. to balance green in your life. How to share your feelings with somebody. How to get a job. How to talk to a boss. How to handle it when you have a parent who is angry or through a divorce. Mm-hmm. How to manage your emotions. What are your emotions? What does it mean to feel X, Y, and Z? How do you speak about that? How do you share your feelings with friends? How do you handle it when somebody bullies you? And so, like right now, I mean, I do school assemblies sometimes, and like we do this, and teachers are doing the best they can, and you know, we do these things, but like our country sucks right. at emotional intelligence and teaching it to our kids, but it's improved and it's growing. And podcasts like that up, people like me, teachers. Teachers like my friend Becca, she teaches kindergarten. And check this out, man. This is what she does. She teaches kindergarten in a lower class kizzy, Northern California. And dude, I really, 
I mean, talk about a podcast. We need to interview her on a podcast. And I want to learn more about this. Every day in class, she has her kids go up to this color wheel or this word wheel. It's like, because the kindergartners, right? So they can't read or whatever. They're learning how to read. And they pick it a color or they pick it a face. Happy face, a sad face, you know, like a face chart or whatever. You know what I mean? You seen that? Mm-hmm. Yep. And they point at a color or a word <laughs> to describe how they're feeling that day. Mm-hmm. If they want to, then they can share that with the class. Oh, that's I mean, cool. This is like incredible. But think about this. Like what type of, I mean, talk about edu- education, right? What do you think? She's teaching these kids by doing this every day. Like, what are, what are they learning, Brian? What do you think they're learning? Well, they're learning how to get in touch with their emotions. They are. They're learning how to be a friend, too. Mm-hmm. They're learning how to share their feelings. Learning how to be a supportive kindergarten crew, you know? Right. And it's mm-hmm. just... It's just and, and they're also learning, like, hey, people, people have bad days. Like, imagine if you're a kid and you like your life. You got a happy family. But then you see that one kid who sits next to you and every day they're pointing at the sad face or something, right? That's like, this is a game changer right here. That's going to change your life and you're in kindergarten. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. So those are the things that I do and these are the things like, I'm passionate about. Yeah. So, yeah, in my work, I mean, that's what I do. Like, I'm not a therapist. I call ourselves a coach, a family coach, and that's what we do. We teach, we teach parenting tools. Everyday moms and dads teach them how to make parenting easier and more enjoyable. We coach teens and tweens to become mature, successful, responsible young adults. Right. That's what I do. Well, that's cool. Now, that, that was kind of going to uh, lead into my question about, um, you know, when you go into these homes and you talk to, to these um, teenagers about their you know, how they're acting or how, or how to, how to better behave or, or be a better, um, uh, child to their parent. I and mean, do you find yourself having to coach the parents sometimes too? And you kind of answer that, I guess. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Like most of our, like, I, I think of it this way, like, uh, you know, you know, you know who Tony Robbins is? Yeah. Yeah. So most people do. So kind of what happens, man, is sometimes people call me up, and they're like, Sean, you're like the Tony Robbins of teenagers. <laughs> like, uh, my kid is not doing well, and he needs some inspiration. If there's anyone that can get through to him, it's you. So we need you to really work with them and give him some pet talks and, you know, get his motivation up and work with him. Get him out of baking and stuff like that. Or, you know, she's brain addicted and she's not motivated. So you got to work your magic. And so this is all kind of metaphorically, right? That's not like exactly what people say, but that's kind of the vibe they're giving off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I'll say to them, well, you know, are you open-minded to making any changes as a parent? Are you open-minded to maybe changing your approach? Most of the time, Brian, people are like, absolutely. Because people call us you know, when they're hurting, when they're ready to reach out, when they're ready to do try something new, whether they're, whether it be one of my video courses that we sell through my website, or they're looking for coaching. Cause we have clients all around the, the country that I meet with through Facebook. They're looking for change. So they're almost all the time, very open-minded. They, they want something. They want, they want change. They want help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Occasionally 
you know, I'll hear like in the tone or the content, you know, someone will be like, nah, I, I just kind of, I'm too busy to change. I just kind of want you to change my kid. <laughs> and that, uh, <laughs> it, um, it doesn't really work that way as well. Right. Like, right. yeah. you know, our kids, they need mom and dad. We are the most influential people in their life. And they need human connection. They need boundaries. They need love. They need attention. You know, they need guidance. They need mentoring. And they need less grief. So, yes, yeah, so most of the families we work with are very open-minded and, uh, and really they're, they're learners. And that's like a cool thing about our generation. Like people that are listening to this podcast right now, like I just want to give you some knucks right now, some knuckles. I want to give you some props. Because this generation of fathers, I believe we're changing the world because we are coachable. We are learners. We read books. We listen to the Dad Up podcast. We want to grow. We want to change. We want to be better than our dad were. And so, like, this this is pretty huge. Like, this is like a movement that's happening. And it's not stopping here. And it's just a very exciting thing because... I don't think like a lot of our dads were not like that. Like, I don't know what your dad was like, Brian, like we've, you know, we're just meeting now. Like what was your, you don't mind me asking, like, what was your dad like? Was he coachable? Was he flexible? Was he pretty kind of set in his ways? No, my dad was pretty set in his ways. And, and, um, as as, he was loving, but at the same time, um, he he was his way or the highway for sure. Right. Yeah. So this is like, why we're doing these podcasts, right? To be flexible, to grow, to improve, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, cool. Well, um, I, I, I wish you continued success, uh, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. <clears throat> yeah. Now, kind of segueing into your own parenting style, um, what, do you, what do you enjoy most about being a dad? Oh, man. What do I enjoy most? Yeah. You know what? I mean, how much time do you have? I think the two things that maybe jump off the page for me is just the ability to mentor my own children. I mean, I'm like a professional mentor in a sense. Like I mentor fathers and mentor moms and I mentor teens. But now that I'm able to kind of mentor my own three daughters. And also realize that they're so different from each other. Their their personalities are so different. So I love that. I Mm -hmm. love that my kids are not like me. They're not like their mom. I do wish they were a little bit more like me, to be honest. Now that I'm just keeping it real. Now that I say that, I, you know, I'm kind of getting a little salty because I love backpacking. I love sports. I love fishing. I'm remodeling an old trailer, a 1983 fireball trailer on the side of my house. I'm pimping that thing out. <laughs> so, yeah, my girls are not as adventurous or outdoorsy. I am like, I'm, I've recently gotten into crab, crabbing. And so I oh, wow. got a little boat and I crab off a fishing pole after actually with a crab snare and I got some pots and I just go out there with some friends and we'll just grow out. And yeah, it'd be great. Like if I could, you know, have my daughters into that, but they're not into that. And so that's all good. It's all good. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it'd be good. If we're, they're down. We do some camping and do, we, you know, now we got this chair in there. They're going to be, we're going to be doing a lot more outdoorsy stuff. So I'm flexible. I'm trying to work with them. Too, but yeah. <laughs> It's like, you know, there's seeing the differences and just going through life and just, you know, being close with them. That's what I love, my man. That's what I love. Right. 
Well, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, mentoring is huge. Um, it's, it's, it's part of the role of being a, a successful parent is, is you have to, you have to provide the right mentor, uh, be the right mentor for your kids for sure. Um, well, cool. What about challenges? What kind of challenges you face? You know, like, like I kind of mentioned there too, like just because I might, you know, be the, like, like the team super nanny or the family coach, it doesn't mean, you know, I have a perfect, I have a perfect, like my kids are perfect. My kids are pretty, you know, um, they have some typical challenges. You know, we moved to a new neighborhood about two years ago. And so that was a big adjustment just dealing with the loss of some friends and the, the transition, you know, from elementary to middle school and from middle school to high school. And, and there's three girls in my house. So that's a lot of estrogen. That's a right. lot of emotion. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I mean, my, my home is, is a place of, of a lot of love and a lot of uh, communication. So I, I feel so proud and honored and thankful that my, my daughters have let me coach them. And, and we do a lot of talking, a lot of uh, teamwork. We spend a lot of time together. But in the same, you know, the same of it is, you know, we have challenges. Like my, my daughter, like I said, my oldest, she just turned 15 and we're just like making jokes about it. They're kind of jokes, but they're kind of serious because I'm like saying, hey, like, Maddie, do you want to go to Starbucks together? It's like, no, dad, I don't want to go to Starbucks with you. Right. She's like, come on, girl, let's go. She's like, no, dad. And I'm like, okay. Okay. I, I will stop asking you to go to Starbucks. <laughs> I used to love our Starbucks time, Maddie. So I do want to honor your space. But honey, I, I do want to spend time with you. Let's, let's work together. Because I don't want to keep nagging you. And it's okay if you don't want to go to Starbucks. Can, can, we, can we try to do something so we do have some quality time together? So she responded well to that. And so, yeah, that would be a struggle. Like, how am I as a dad trying to connect and have quality time, you know, with my now 15-year-old daughter? Right. It's going well. It's going well, man. It's cool. That, you know, we're working on. We're working on it together. So right. I uh, not like. I don't just give up. You know, if my daughter is like trying to have boundaries. I honor their boundaries. Mm-hmm. But this whole belief that like teens are teens and they're all going to be sassy and salty and they all want to like you know be on screens and they don't want to spend time with their family. Like I'm not feeling that, man. I don't agree with that. I don't teach that. Right. It needs that parent. Any quality family time. They need, you know, and, uh, and they should part, they should be, um, you know, we as the parents, we set the values in the home and in our home, you know, we value a lot of quality family time. So we also value, you know, boundaries and we value their space. And so we're all working together to kind of get what we all want in this home. Very cool. What about the daddy daughter dates? Do you do those? Well, yeah, definitely. Like I kind of said that, like, we used to do Starbucks a lot. I mean, I remember with my oldest, because she's the oldest, I got lots of stories. It's transition. Right. I remember back in the early days, every Friday, I'd pop her in the stroller, walk on down to the bagel shop. I'd sing the bagel song. don't really remember how it goes, but I'm on a podcast, so I kind of <laughs> bagel shop, bagel shop. We're going, we're going to the bagel shop. The bagel shop. The bagel shop. Yeah, that was my jam, man. <laughs> like three and four and five, right? That was my jam. 
you know, I, uh, and now I sing, uh, I still sing, I sing Edelweiss. Edelweiss. I'm not going to sing that, but Sound of Music. You remember that movie? Edelweiss? Yeah. 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 My dad yeah. sang that to me, man. I sing uh, Edelweiss to uh, now my three-year-old. I sing it to all the kids. I don't sing Edelweiss to my 15-year-old, man. I just feel a little weird. <laughs> not down. It's not down for the bagel song no more. <laughs> No, I do. Yeah. So like, you know, my middle daughter is really into horses. She's more of an outdoors person. So we go on bike rides. I I take her to horse lessons. I take her out to the outdoors stuff. We just got an Xbox that she likes games. So we play a little Lego, like Ninjago on the Xbox on the weekends for like maybe an hour together. And so then my three-year-old, you know, I'm lying down on on the inner, on you know, on the floor in the living room, and we're just playing, playing with whatever you know, dolls or the box or whatever she wants to play with, right? Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah. So yeah, like I worked out in my garage with weights, you know, this morning, and we have a tradition there. I give her my phone. We put little Disney Disney songs on the old Spotify. <laughs> I work out the Disney hit, bro. I work out the <laughs> Disney princess song. About three or four days a week. That's my jam. Today, actually, I mixed it up because I came. She came in. I was working out, so I had uh, I had some uh, I had some '90s hip hop, '90s Snoop Dogg, some of the G thing, Ice Cube, explicit lyrics. And so she came in and she grabbed the phone, and I was like, "Okay, I should probably turn it now because it's pretty explicit." And then I thought to myself, "Well, she's only three, and I'm really into this song right now." So I don't know if she knows. And then I was like, nah, I should turn it. And then she said, dad, let's put my music on. And I was like, okay, that's a good call. That's a good call. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want my wife, Danielle, coming in. Right. Hearing a, you know, and hearing the Taurus B.I.G. Even though I do actually prefer the censored version of those <laughs> because it's just so graphic, man. And like, I remember right. like, I really listen to this stuff. It's too graphic. I right. like the beat. It's just too much. It's too much. Right. Some of the stuff we think about, like some forty-one-year-old man now. I, I don't want to. It's just I don't want to be listening to this. I mean, it's just it's not okay to me. It's not cool anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool, cool. Now you got you have a, a wide range of ages there that you're that you're dealing with. How do you and your wife uh, handle the, the discipline side of it? So, yeah, I'm, I really uh, we have a really high bar in our home. For obedience, for respect, for communication, for chores, we set the bar very high. I am all for consequences and discipline, but yes, the way that I discipline is probably very, very different than like a normal or traditional American home. So most American homes, they struggle in, in, every, in our home too. We all as dads, we all struggle with, you know, this spectrum and on one side, you know, it's called authoritarian parenting. It's a lot of command and control, a lot of do this, do that. There could be punishments or groundings or scoldings or pep talks. And on the other end, you know, it's called passive or permissive parenting. So there's a lot of avoidance in that. There's a lot of people pleasing. There's a lot of like, you know, caving or walking away, a lot of giving in. And, you know, uh, they both have some positive sides to them, but there's a very dark negative outcome, right, to both of those sides. 
authoritarian, right? They're often going to lead to more rebellion. It's going to lead to more secrecy, deception, lies, especially when they come into the tween, teen years. You're also talking about how it's going to impact their psychology because they might believe that, like, you might need to get love or approval by obedience or by performance. You may not accept, you may not feel like their value is just based on their being, but rather their value or their self-esteem comes from performance. And then if they stop performing, which they all do at a certain level, then it could be harder on their psyche or on their psychology and their being. And of course, with the no avoidance of people pleasing, I mean, of course, that's just going to lead to a hot mess Mm. because kids need boundaries. We need to learn discipline because the whole world is full of order and boundaries. And yes, we, it is, you know, they don't need another friend in their life. They need a parent. And so, yeah, so what, what I, um, I remember when I first started studying parenting, I read a bunch of just amazing books. And one of my literary authors is called Dr. Laura Markham. And I read about how she didn't believe in grounding. And I was shocked. And I was like, what? Like, that's like, that's like what parents do. Now, of course, I have like a, you know, three or four year old at the time, right? And I'm like, why would somebody not do grounding? Like, that's like the go to in America. Right. That's like what people do. They, they time out, like sit in the corner, like the super nanny had the naughty chair or the right. naughty stool. So I started reading more about this, and it just, my, my world is, my, my world was rocked. And I realized, like, you know, groundings and timeouts have actually only been around for a handful of decades, and there's a better way. So, yeah, I'm a part of a movement that's been around now for 30 years or so. It's just called Positive Parenting Movement. So I believe in boundaries, and I believe in discipline. And so, yeah, so a lot of the discipline we do is, uh, which we don't have to do very much in my home, actually. It's because, you know, we want to build a foundation during the three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old, six-year-old, seven-year-old, 10-year-old phase of like, you know, what our values are and how we handle conflict in our home. So like I kind of said earlier, Brian, it's, we do just a lot of talking in our home. So for example, like if my wife hurts my feelings or if my wife does something wrong, I don't ground my wife. I don't take her phone away. <laughs> right. What my wife and I do is we look each other in the eye and we kind of we do work together. We reconcile. You know, we lean into each other. We have empathy for each other and we make amends. And so, you know, I teach a lot of these creative things. Like we call it, you know, one of the tools is called speaker listener that we teach. And I, I really share these things with my clients and also my you know, parenting courses. They sell online of, because uh, grounding is really ineffective and actually studies show it that grounding from timeouts really don't work. They don't change behavior. They don't nurture closeness. Taking a teenager's phone away because of X, Y, and Z doesn't get them to change the behavior. I've been working with teens for 20 years, and I never once heard a teen say, yeah, I took my phone away, and it really changed my life. Like, I really changed. It really, it really helped me understand, you know, what I did wrong. It helped me to be close with my, with my family. Now, that doesn't happen, bro. That's not how it talks. That's not. So, no, I really, uh, I teach about, you know, a lot of really creative ways to do discipline. I'm really a big into natural consequences. So, yes, if a teen is making poor choices on a screen, 
Well, then the natural consequence should be screen-related. If they're spending yeah. too much time on screen and they are not focusing on their schoolwork or on their family or on their friends, they're not balancing their own life, well, yeah, then the natural consequence would be, yeah, we can't, we can't trust you with the screen right now. I mean, a screen is like the most powerful device in the history of mankind. Right. Screen is more powerful than a bomb or a gun because the screen has the ability to change someone's mind to really impact their own, to their whole identity, how they view themselves. And this is at a very fragile time when kids are building identity and trying to mm. figure out who they are. They're trying to figure out how to handle stress and anger and emotion and sadness and feelings like rejection, feelings like I'm not good enough or I'm feeling left out or I'm feeling little, I'm feeling overwhelmed. Right? So these screens are extremely, extremely powerful. But yeah, yeah, there should be strong consequences for defiance and for things like vaping and for drugs because that's a battle worth fighting, my man. I don't right. want any kid getting caught up in vaping or drugs. Who we'll screw around with that stuff? Right. So, yes, yeah, so most of the time in, in when we teach our clients how to really um, teach their kids and coach their kids to create uh, a system in your home when you do deal with discipline in very mature, harmonious, intentional ways. So I've been teaching these things to my, you know, to my kids when they were two. So now that she's 15, you know, she knows how to handle conflict. Mm-hmm. Like better than most adults do. <laughs> is she right. a very hormonal, up and down 15-year-old? That still is not perfect? Absolutely, man. But yeah, like we need to teach our kids how to make things right, how to reconcile, how to speak, how to own their own mistakes, how to care for people's feelings. That, just like adults do in healthy marriages, that is how I handle and coach people on how to handle conflict in a general, in a, you know, to answer your question kind of generally there. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah, that, that makes sense completely. Now, um, when it comes to... Uh, Social media, I know you're talking about screen time. Uh, how do you guys monitor the screen time? Well, don't get me started on that, man. I got a lot to say about <laughs> screen. I'm just going to answer this pretty shortly. You know, um, there's two battles that I think every parent needs to fight. And those, at least two. And those battles are drugs screen because essentially they're the same thing a screen is a drug it reduces reduces releases all types of brain of chemicals in our brain like dopamine the pleasure one of the pleasure you know natural releases and chemicals and so screens can be extremely addictive and they're very dangerous yet screens are a part of normal modern society now they're not going anywhere and so screens should not be a point of verbal conflict in the house. And if they are, it means you've got to make some changes in your home. Screens, screens should, be some, should be given with great amounts of trust and boundaries. For example, I have a three-year-old and a 10 and a 15-year-old. I can trust my 15-year-old with her diet. At 15, she's making... Pretty good, not great, but pretty good diet choices. 
as in fruits and vegetables and exercise and, sh- and limiting sugars. You with me, dude? You with me? Yep. But I cannot trust my three-year-old and even my 10-year-old right now with that. Right. Right. So what I say to my three-year-old, just like you said to your three-year-olds when they were three, you know, you have to eat your, your vegetables and your chicken before you can have more french fries or before you can have any desserts. Now, why do we do this with our kids, Brian? Well, it teaches them proper dietary needs, for sure. Exactly. We're teaching them how to balance their palate. We're te- and we know this because we cannot trust them to balance their own palate. If you were to put the ice cream on the table, especially the chicken and the broccoli, what's going to happen? Right. Ice cream's gone. <laughs> and then they're going to say, eat your broccoli. I'm full. I want some more. So then we would be enabling the early stages of someone who doesn't have a healthy relationship with food. And or if we give our kids all types of sugar ice cream, when they get stressed or angry, we're enabling the beginning stages of a food addiction. And we are enablers. So screens are the same way. Most middle schoolers I know do not have the maturity to handle a cell phone, to handle Instagram, Snapchat, or TikTok. Most middle schoolers I know don't have the maturity to have a TV in their bedroom or to have unlimited access to their Xbox or their computer or their PS4. And if you give them these things, well, most of them will clearly make poor choices because they're children. Their brains are not mature. And if you want to do that, if you want to give your middle school or your elementary school a screen, then you do you. You do what you think best. But I wouldn't, but I do not think that's a wise decision. Now, this is not new news. All the brainiacs down in Silicon Valley who invented all these apps, they already knew this 10 years ago. We all read those articles. 10, 12 years ago, that the, the very, very rich people down in Silicon Valley who work for Facebook and Google and Android and make all these apps, they didn't give their kids these screens. Street Jobs didn't give his kids these screens. It's why? Because they knew. And all these people like me are speaking out against them. But still, most modern parents, and we're doing a lot better now, than we were, you know, years ago when I spoke to Chevron about screens and teams. We're doing much better now. Yeah, if your teen or your queen is clearly making, sending a message that I'm not mature enough to handle these screens, well then, freaking do something about it. You're the freaking parent. You're the parent. You want to give your three-year-old ice cream and uh, fast food? Then do it. Don't complain. Don't complain. When they whine or they scream or they become obese or overweight or a food addict, you want to give your kids an Xbox? But then, and then they, they whine or they, they explode when they don't get it or when they get it taken away? There's only one person to blame for that, Brian. You yeah. got to look at yourself in the mirror. You, you did that. You made a bad choice. You're the one who trusted somebody with a very powerful device and so now do something about it and build boundaries. That's how, that's how I feel about that. Right. No, that makes sense. And, and it's, you know, I think parents today find that it's almost easier to give them the screen time or the, or the PlayStation or the Xbox or whatnot uh, instead of, um, 
uh, spending the quality time with them. They they need they come home from a long day at work and they want to relax or they want to sit down and, and kind of unwind. And the easiest thing to do is to give them the screen time so that they're left alone. Yep. Hey, man, we can't have it all. I right. teach this to everybody. You can't have it all. Right. You know, you can't have that. Just veg out and zone out when you come home from work and have a healthy relationship with your kids. You can't have Absolutely. it all. You can Absolutely. Consider. And our society Absolutely. is so screwed up. And now you walk around the mall or the grocery store and you see all the moms pushing the carts and you got kids on iPads. Mm-hmm. And you go into freaking Chili or Applebee's. And I'm trying to have a dang family dinner. And what do I see? The whole restaurant is surrounded by screens. And then what do they do? What do they do? They bring another screen on the table. Yeah, <laughs> like screens everywhere. So I don't go to those restaurants anymore. Applebee's already got too much salt anyway. Plus, man, they have that deal, unlimited ribs and fries. So I didn't even know and I got that. And dude, I'm sorry, but it sucked. It was like high fructose, man. It's like, all right, I do love ribs, but I got to go to Costco get those ribs. <laughs> Or got to go to a good barbecue. It was so expensive. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so uh, expensive. Yeah. <laughs> I get a good barbecue place. <laughs> yeah, man. Parents, we're not victims. We're not victims of our kids. We're not powerless. Do you feel powerless or do you feel like a victim? You got to look yourself in the eye. Okay, that didn't sound right. Look yourself in the eye? No, no, no. You got to look in the mirror. You got to realize you're the most powerful person in your life and in your family's life. And you can do something about it. And if you need some help, well, then call me. I'll empower yeah. you. I'll work with you. I'll help you get your power back and, uh, and, and create the family that you want. It's not too late for anybody, even if your kid's 25 and he's living at home and he's living in the basement. You know? Right. <laughs> right. right. Well, cool. Um, Sean, what do you wish you knew before you had kids that you know now? You know what? I... Uh, Whenever I speak, and this is the time for me to speak about my most favorite topic, I always speak about the most important thing. The most important thing, Brian, is closeness. Closeness. It's about being close with our children. That is the most important thing. Because when you're close, um, you're living life. You're, you're experiencing what it means to be a human being. Right. You are there for the good times. You're there for the bad times. You're there to mentor. Let's say you want to teach your kids something. You want to teach them wisdom because they need wisdom. Let's say you want to share your, your, your spirituality because I, I am a strong Christian and I want to share that with my kids. Mm-hmm. I want to, let's say I want to teach them about self-worth, self-love. Well, the word you're, I would say I want to share my values with them, which I do. The more closely you are, the more they're going to hear your voice. Let's say you got a team that all of a sudden likes vaping, smoking pot. Well, the closer you are, the more he's going to hear you when you speak to him about dangers of drugs. The more he's going to respond to you when you give him discipline. The more he's going to, you know, want to spend time with you doing things you want to do. Like my kids, they'll still go out and they'll do things I want to do, even though they're, they're not like that. They're not like adventurous or sporty like I am. They do it because they love me and we're close. 
because I know I do things for them. My whole, you know, my, my hobbies are different than theirs, but I, I enter their world. And so if you ask 10 people what closeness feels like, you're going to get 10 different responses. So really, it's a human thing, and it's, it's such a beautiful thing to be close. And that's what we all need as dads. We need close friends. We don't need 50 close friends. We need to need one or two. We need to be close with our wives, you know? Right. And, and uh, being close with our kids, man, that's the best. Right. No, I totally agree. And it's interesting. I, I have a, my, I'm, my youngest is 18. My oldest is 21. But my 18 year old, I was at his school, uh, just it was about two weeks ago. I was at his school and out of the blue, he just came up to me and said, uh, dad, I love you. Yeah. And I it just, it's one of those things where it's, it's that closeness, you know, we've, we've developed yeah. that bond over the years and I've always been there for him. He's always been there for me. And, um, it's something that that's memorable that will always last. Love it, man. I love yeah. it. Right. Yeah. Now, if you, if you had the secret to raising good kids and you had to share it, what would that secret be? Huh. Well, first of all, there's no, it's not a secret. It's not secret at all. I mean, this is what I do. It's called tool. It's called closeness and it's called good parenting tool. Right. It's not a secret anymore. I mean, right. I, I, I'm trying to give this information out for free on my Instagram and yes, I help people go much deeper and much more personal on my, you know, paid services. So yeah, it, it, I would say it starts with closeness. Then absolutely, it's like it's tools. How do you handle conflict? How do you handle discipline? Are you a flexible dad? Are you set in your way? Are you going to parent all your kids the same way? No, every kid is different. So you need tools. You need tools to get your. How do you speak to your kids to get them to speak to you, to open up to you? How do you teach your kids to handle anger or emotions or set boundaries with people? How do you teach your kids not to become codependent on certain people or certain relationships? I mean, so many high school girls today are walking around codependent. And they are so dependent on getting approval from their friends, from a boy, from a screen, from a light. I mean, the, it's not a secret, Brian. There's a lot of tools out there through books, through people like me that are passionate about self-education and teaching, you know, dads on how they can be the best dad they can be. So, yeah, that's, that's how I feel about that, man. Well, cool. Cool. That's a great response. Um, you know, I want to give uh, the people that listen to this, I want to give them an opportunity to kind of reach out to you if they, if they want to look you up or learn more about you. Um, where can they find you? Um, what kind of platforms you're on? Uh, and then also, what do you have going on this year? Well, you can find me on Facebook. The main avenue I use right now is Instagram. You know, I, it's called social media because I, I am social on Instagram. So people comment or ask me a question. I will respond to everything. You know, I had a mom today ask me about football. Her son wants to play football, but the parents are scared about mm -hmm. head injuries. So they asked me, so what do you think we should do? Should we let our son play football in the ninth grade? So yes, I do a lot of teaching and, and connecting through Instagram. I am going to be starting a podcast soon. And I am in the process of writing a book, but my main website 
It's called parentingmodernteens.com. So you can read about my work. You can schedule sessions with me. You can get my videos. They're super cheap. I mean, they're $19 for like, you know, some of the main and best stuff that I do in my activities, my processes, my teaching. You can watch the videos, you know, at work or even listen to them when you're driving the car and put them on, listen to them with your spouse. So, um, yes, that is like the main avenues that people uh, connect with. I also have a weekly newsletter that I send out little videos or little tips, little tools. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Well, um, Sean, look, I appreciate you taking the time to share your experiences and also uh, your knowledge on parenting and uh, raising not only kids, but teens as well. Um, they're going into this next chapter or a difficult chapter in their lives and is being, and being a teen. But um, I appreciate you and all the things that you're doing. And um, I wish you all the success, brother. I really do. Thank you, Brian. I love what you're doing with the dad up podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, much love to all you moms and dads listening to this. Um, talk to y'all later. Thank you very much, Sean. Have a great day, brother. All right. Bye now. Thank you again to Sean for talking with me on Data. He has a mission to change the lives of our teens and help families become reconnected in a way that is serving to teens and their parents. Sean has already made a remarkable difference and he has only just begun. If you need help or just need a little coaching or guidance for you and your family, make sure you reach out to him. His website is parentingmodernteens.com or you can check him out on his Instagram page at The Family Coach. Thank you as always for listening to the show and as I said before, please subscribe. It is also important to share the show with others. The only way this show continues to get noticed is if you're sharing and talking about it. If you have comments, questions, or suggestions for guests who would like to be a guest yourself, please let me know. You can reach out to me on my Instagram page at CoachBWard or email me at dadoptribe at gmail.com. As always, I'm your host, Brian Ward. Thank you for listening. This is Dad Up.